Welcome to this inspirational teaching of Celebration Sisterhood. Hi, everyone, and welcome to week one of Sisterhood. I'm so excited about this curriculum this semester. The study we're doing is called Seeds, the Care and Keeping of Dreams. You know, God gives us our dreams, not fully completed, but he gives them to us in seed form. And we are allowed to partner with him in caring for them, nurturing them, and bringing them to a fruit-bearing stage where we can see them for all that they were meant to be. It's an incredible process, but it's also a really vulnerable process. And there might be times along the way that are frustrating, where you want to give up, where you want to stop, where you even wonder if God gave you this dream in the first place. You know, I'm walking through a season right now of fruitfulness. I had a dream that God gave me in seed form, and that dream was to write and publish a book. And um, I went through years of dreaming that one day I would actually write and publish a book. It was just a dream I've had for a long time. And uh, I'm finally seeing that dream come to fruition. But those who know me well and watch me go through this process can tell you that many times along the way, I wanted to give up. I wanted to stop. I was frustrated. I even wondered if God had really called me to do this and enabled me to do this. And I just want to encourage you. I believe that this year God has implanted a lot of dreams on the inside of us, dreams for our families, dreams for our personal lives, dreams for our health, dreams for our spiritual lives. You're a whole person, body, soul, and spirit, and God gives us dreams for each of those aspects of ourselves. I believe that God is going to really speak to you this semester and teach you how to guard nourish and cherish those dreams and bring them to a place of maturity. So put your hands together for today's speaker. I know you're going to enjoy the message today and I'm confident it's going to bless you. Have a great sisterhood. How y'all doing? I need a loud vocal team. Can I have that today? Can y'all be loud with me? Is that all right? It is so good to be with you guys. For those of you I've not had the pleasure of meeting yet, my name is Linda and I serve under the leadership of Pastor Carrie as your sisterhood pastor. So it is a pleasure and an honor to be here with you. And I'll tell you what, would y'all join me in welcoming any of our friends who may be watching by video? Come on, let's give them a hand. (laughs) Wherever you're tuning in from, we are so glad to have you. Welcome as we kick off this brand new series entitled Seeds, the Care and Keeping of Dreams. And if you have your workbooks, go ahead and flip over to today's session. We'll get started there in just a few minutes. But first, I'm going to kind of spend some time framing this whole thing out for us. Does that sound good? And if you're watching by video or if you haven't grabbed a workbook, don't worry. Just We'll give you the scriptures and the points as we go along, so just sit back and relax. But, you know, I am so glad that Pastor Carrie has drawn our attention back to the starting point, the origin, the place where seeds, where dreams truly do begin, like a seed that God plants inside our hearts. And you know, every single one of us, whether we realize it or not, when we were created, God created us with a specific purpose in mind, with dreams that he planted into our hearts so that we could fulfill them. If you've been coming to Sisterhood any amount of time, you've probably heard us share a mission statement. Sisterhood exists to ignite and release the God-given potential in women at every stage of life. And we firmly believe that each and every one of us, based on the truths that we find in God's word, that every single one of us was created with purpose. Because if you look through the scriptures, the word of God is filled with promises about that. For an example, I mean, this is right at the top of your workbooks today, Ephesians 2.10. This is just one of the many scriptures that reference this. We are God's masterpiece. Some translations say that we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared 
in advance for us to do. In advance. See, that tells us that everything that God does, he doesn't create things just to create things. He starts with purpose first. So that means that you and I, the fact that we even exist, means that we have already been preceded by a vision, by a dream, by a purpose that God saw ahead of time and that he then created us to fulfill. Isn't that awesome? But, you know, this is how God works. (laughs) He doesn't give us the orchard. He gives us the seed. Not because he wants to frustrate us or because he wants to hold something back from us. But like Proverbs 25, 2 says, it's because, you know, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it is the glory of kings to search that thing out, to explore it. So he gives us a seed because he knows that as we engage this process of discovering the dream of growing alongside him, he knows that he will be able to reveal so much more of himself to us through that process. The seed is not meant to frustrate us. It's meant to invite us into a deeper, more personal relationship with him, where he shows us things about himself that only he could show us, that only makes sense to us. You know, I think about myself. I didn't give my life to Christ until I was 27 years old, but if I think back on my life now, you know, God revealed himself to me in ways that would have probably made sense to no one else. The way that he drew me to him, the way that he showed me things, and the things that stuck out in my everyday life, that wouldn't have made sense to anybody else. But that's because his dream was personal for me. And that's how God works. But, you know, the truth is, seeds take time, don't they? They have a life cycle that in Genesis 8 is called seed time, time, and harvest. And there is nothing that we can do to bypass that process. For example, this seed I was just showing you, this is an orange seed. While this has the potential to become orange juice, I cannot bypass the process of seed time and harvest inside this seed, can I? No matter how badly I want to, I cannot take this seed and go plant it out there today, this afternoon, go pull out my juicer, and then come back in the afternoon and expect to make fresh squeezed orange juice. Right? It just doesn't work that way. Because within this seed, even though it has the potential to create oranges, it also has within it the DNA of seed, time, and harvest that has predetermined how this is going to produce the fruit that it has the potential to produce. You know, our dreams are a lot like that as well. Our dreams have a life cycle. They have a process to them. And no matter how hard we try... We can try to put our own plans into place. We can try to put our own process. But ultimately, the dream that God has placed on the inside of us, the dream is designed to respond to the one who created it, not to the desire of the created. And God places the seed on the inside of us. And it's so amazing that Pastor Kerry has drawn our attention to the fact that the process of growing a dream is very much like growing a seed. I mean, think about it. Just like a seed, you have to take your dreams And in order for them to grow, you have to start out by planting them in the right kind of environment, don't you, so that they'll they'll grow. You then have to nurture and care for that seed. It needs just the right amount of water. It needs the right amount of sunlight. It needs oxygen to make it grow. At times, we have to protect those dreams and those seeds from the environment, such as the changes of seasons that come so unexpectedly. I mean... 
just look at Florida. Has anybody else been as confused as I have been the last couple of months? Like, I can't dress my kids, let alone dress myself. Like, my kids wake up in the morning and they're like, Mom, what do we wear? I'm like, honey, I don't know. You're on your own. Start with a tank top, layer on on top of that, and then just shed the layers as the day goes by. I mean, we go from being 32 degrees one day to, like, being at the beach a couple of days next. You know, in the same way, our dreams will sometimes have to endure unpredictable seasons, changes that we have no control over. And we have to learn how to navigate through that and not give up. And then to top all of that off, sometimes the things that we have to do to seeds to make them grow just really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We feel God calling us over here in this direction, and we're like, but wait a minute, my dream's over here. Like, how does this plus this equal that? Like, this doesn't even make sense. You know, I remember as a little girl, my mom used to love planting uh, tomatoes, cucumbers, and lots and lots and lots of jalapenos, because when you're Mexican, that's what you, it's like mandatory, okay? You have to have lots of jalapeno plants. But, you know, every year she would do this, and I remember one summer in particular, I was really bored, and I did inherit the green gene that my mom had, okay, which I'm totally fine with that. But this particular summer, I remember, I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. What the heck? Let's go see what this is all about. And I dove in. I jumped out there with my mom on the back patio. She had these big, huge planters, and she started showing me, like, everything that she knew about planting and about growing things. And I really got into it. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I was like, Mom, you know, do you think, like, when the first tomato grows, like, can I pick it? Can I eat it? And she was like, absolutely. So I was like, okay. So day after day after day, I would go out every single morning. It was the first thing that I did. I would run outside and go inspect. Like, I would check on all of the plants, make sure there was no bugs, make sure, see if anything new had sprouted. It was just kind of cool. I was really into it. It was all fun and games. Until the day my mom had a truck of fertilizer delivered to the house. If you know anything about gardening, you know where I'm going with this, okay? And that morning, I remember I ran up to the back door, swung it open, and the smell hit me like a country barn on a hot day, okay? It was so bad. And I was like, oh, mom, what is that smell? And she goes, oh, honey, we had the fertilizer delivered today. Come on, come join me. And I was like, okay, but why does it smell like that? It smells like poop out here. And she goes, oh, Linda, that's because that's what it is. I was like, what? We're going to eat this stuff. What do you mean? Why are we doing this? Why are we putting poop on the plants? Like, this does not make sense. She goes, oh, honey, this is nature. The soil needs nutrients, and this manure is the best kind of fertilizer for it. Come on, pull up a chair and come join me. I was like, no, thank you. And that day, I decided that my adventures in gardening were over. Not only did I walk away, I was like, and you know what, Mom? I don't want any of that food. Like, you can keep the tomatoes, you can keep the... I don't want any of it, because that is just gross. My dreams were quickly shattered by that traumatic experience. I know it's funny to me now, but I wonder how many times that's exactly how we act when it comes to our dreams. God plants a new vision in our hearts, right? He gives us a vision for a new business to go start. And it's all fun and games, and it's exciting at first, because discovery is always fun, isn't it? 
It's exciting. And we go and we pick out our spot in this perfect shopping center that we're going to open our new store in. And we start painting the walls and we decorate and we order all of the supplies that we're going to need. And it's invigorating. It's exciting. We're all in at first. And then things start to get a little messy. Or God starts calling us in another direction that really doesn't make sense with where we thought we were supposed to head. And all too soon, we give up and forfeit the dreams and the plans that God had for us. Just because we are here doesn't mean that God doesn't know where he's taking us. And you know, if we don't understand that this is a process, we could actually convince ourselves when God starts saying, hey, come over here, and I need you to go in this direction. We can actually convince ourselves, wait a minute, God showed me, this is my dream. I've got to follow my dream. I'm not going to get distracted. And before you know it, we're, we're like, you know, God doesn't want me to go over there because I'm supposed to be going over here and doing this. And God the whole time is like, I know what I have for you, but I need you to come over here because I've got some nutrients that I need you to soak in that are going to enrich the dream of your life. We have to embrace the entire process of this. You know, I think about how many times we get frustrated down the road. I talk to so many women sometimes that because of our own expectations of what the dream is supposed to look like or our own timeline, women get so disappointed, sometimes even to the point of depression. I've talked to some women that are like, you know, I just, I thought that by this point in my life, I would be here. And it's just not happening. Like, has God forgotten about me? Everybody else around me is getting married. Everybody else around me is having kids. I mean, my biological clock is ticking. The alarm clock is going to go off soon. And before I know it, the bell's going to ring and my time is going to be gone and over. But remember, God is the one who designed the seed that's placed on the inside of us, the seed on the inside of us. When God says it's our time, it's our time. The seed, the dream, is made to respond to the one who created it, to the one who designed it, not to the desires of the one who was created. And you know, ladies, that's why I'm so excited about this series. You know, it's, it's going to be incredible for us to really launch into this process because, you know, the thing is, any person that you talk to that has seen one of their dreams come true, I assure you they can tell you that somewhere along the way they had to go through a process that didn't make sense. You know, we're in Florida. One of Walt Disney's most famous quotes that he's known for is, if you can believe it, you can do it, right? And we love latching on to that because that's the fun part. But, you know, if you keep reading what he said in that full quote, he actually says, you know, yes, if you can believe it, you can do it. But never forget that all of this, Disney World, Disneyland, everything that we now know Disney represents, never forget that it started with a dream and a mouse. It started with a little boy who loved to draw. He just loved to draw. And you know, as I was studying through Walt Disney's life, it's, it's incredible, to, but you read through his story and you see how much he went through to see the dream fulfilled. He went through disappointment after disappointment. He went through rejection after rejection. He went through people just not even caring what he wanted to people using him for what he had. He went through poverty. He went through lack. You know, Mickey Mouse was actually inspired by a mouse that was in, like, the place where he worked that he took in as a pet mouse. 
But now everything that we know and everything that we see, I'm sure he had a few twi- tw- twists and turns in the road. I'm sure he had a little bit of fertilizer that was laid on his life from time to time. But you know what? He embraced the process. And this is another one of his quotes. He says, you know, all the adversity I've had in my life, all of my troubles and obstacles, they've strengthened me. You may not realize it when it happens, but a good kick in the teeth may be the best thing in the world for you. Nobody likes to quote that one. (laughs) No, we engrave the other one on the walls at Walt Disney, right? But nobody likes to quote that one. But here's the thing. The key to seeing our dreams come true is to just embrace the process that God had in mind when he created us. Part of discovering our dream is not just discovering what it is that he's called us to do, but also discovering how he wants us to do it. Amen? So we're going to look at this process over the next couple of weeks, but as we kind of kick this off today, what I want to draw your attention to, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 13. And, or if you have your iPhones or your iPads or whatever other little clicky devices that you have. And we're going to read together the parable of the sower. And let me just say, okay, chances are most of us are probably familiar with this parable or we read it or we've heard of it before, okay? But today, I'm going to ask you to try to kind of let go of what you've heard before. And if you can, listen to this through the filter of the seed being our dreams. Okay, this is what is so powerful about the Word of God, okay? The principles of God serve in every area of our life. So even though, of course, Jesus here is referring to the kingdom primarily, the principles that we see in the parable of sower can apply to everything else as well. Amen? So I'm going to start in verse 3, Matthew chapter 13, verse 3. Jesus told many stories in the form of a parable, such as this one. He says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. And as he scattered them across his field... Some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, and still other seeds fell on fertile soil. I bet you that was the soil that had the poop on it. And they produced a crop of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as they had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should understand. So you with me so far? Jesus has given us a parable here. He's talking about same farmer, same seed, same field, but it fell on four different types of ground. Okay, first we have the footpath, then we have the shallow soil with the rocks mixed into it, then we have the thorns, and then we have the fertile soil with the poop on it. And then jump over with me to verse 18, okay? Because Jesus then goes on to explain. Again, listen to this through the filter of dreams, okay? Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away that that which was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted or for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life or the lure of wealth, and so no fruit is produced. But the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Do you see the parallel? It's powerful when we start reading that through 
the eyes of a dream. And you know what? Let me just seal that right now in our hearts because chances are God probably made something pop out to you. And we're just going to pray over that right now and seal in God's word, okay? Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that through the power of your Holy Spirit, your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I believe, Lord, right now, that your spirit spoke something to us, Lord, as we read your word. Your word can do more work than any of our words can ever do, Lord. And I just pray right now that you let that seed take root and that you continue to build upon that and that you continue to grow that seed on the inside of our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, I don't know what popped out to you specifically, but if I may just have the liberty of telling you what I saw the first time that I read this parable through the filter of dreams. You know, when I think about the, the seed that fell on the footpath, the footpath represents the road most traveled. It's that part in the yard, you know, that you don't really have rocks where people can walk, but nonetheless, people just like to traipse right through there and make a shortcut, right? Or like you have a pet and they ring around the same places, and then soon before you know it, that piece of grass becomes hard dirt and before you know it, like even when it rains, it doesn't soak in the water, but the water just kind of runs off. You know, can you tell I still have gardening issues? Um, but, you know, as I think about that, the first verse that immediately popped back to me was Matthew seven fourteen, where Jesus says, you know, the road that leads to life is narrow. The, the road is hard. The gate is narrow. The road is much more difficult and few there be that find it. And, you know, the same principle for having a relationship with God applies to this, because nobody can have a relationship with God outside of Jesus Christ. And in the same way, nobody can discover the dreams that God intended us to fulfill outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And even though that's the road most traveled, it's only in him that we have our being. We find our very existence in him. Colossians tells us that we find our real life. Our real life is hidden in Christ. Remember, it is the glory of God to conceal a manner and the glory of kings to search it out. That's what that makes me think about. The shallow soil with the underlying rock. Jesus said that these were the people who maybe heard it, jumped in. Remember the dreams I talked about earlier? We get all gung-ho at the beginning, but then all too soon we let it go when things start to get messy, when things start to stink. We bail, don't we? It's the same thing. The seed that fell amongst the thorns. Jesus said that these people are the ones who heard it, caught a glimpse of what it was that God wanted to do. But because of the cares of this world, because of maybe other ambitions, because of other priorities, we never see the dream come to pass. To me, this is those of us who have a hard time navigating how, if we are here, And God is showing us something way over there. Like, how is it even possible? I have so many responsibilities right now. I have a family I have to take care of. I have a full-time job that demands so much of me. I have financial obligations that I just don't understand. How am I going to get from here to there? It takes faith. It takes wisdom. And again, it's a process. It doesn't mean that because God reveals the dream to us, we abandon ship, we flip the table and everything that we have in our hands right now, we charge. No, what we start to do by the wisdom of God, we start to at least steer the wheel in that direction. And through the process that God takes us to, we start heading to where he wants us to go. Do you see the parallel? And then lastly, of course, is the fertile soil. Jesus said that these are the ones who truly hear and understand, and they produce a 
harvest. Ladies, I believe that as we launch on and as we gain more understanding about this process of seed, time, and harvest and how dreams are just like our seeds, I believe that this is where we can all end up because this is what God has for us. Notice that Jesus used the word harvest. It means that we have embraced the process. It means that we have waited patiently to let things happen in his time, not according to our desires. And, you know, I don't know where you are in this process. Chances are you probably fit into one of those four categories. Or maybe, you know what, maybe you've even seen some of your dreams come true in the past that brought you great joy and fulfillment. And you come to sisterhood where we're talking about igniting and releasing the potential in every woman. And you wonder if maybe some of your best years are behind you. If you've seen your dreams come true, now what? I just want to encourage you. The seed of possibility, the seed of the dreams that God placed on the inside of you is still very much alive. And no matter what you've done or you haven't done with your seed, no matter what has been spoken or not spoken to call out the potential in that seed, no matter what kind of mistakes you've made, no matter what else has been done to you, no one and no thing can take the potential of that seed away from you. You know, Romans eleven twenty nine says that the gifts and the call of God are under full warranty. Never rescinded, never revoked. And even if your dreams feel like a thing of the past, Psalms 1 tell us, tells us that if we will just delight in his ways, we will be like trees that are planted by the riverbank. We will be producing fruit in every season of life. Do you see why we believe this in sisterhood? Our leaves will not wither, but everything we do will prosper. Just like seeds require oxygen, water, and sunlight, all it's going to take is for the breath of God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, to breathe on that seed that's on the inside of you. All it's going to take is the refreshing water of his presence to come and soften it and moisten it up once again. All it's going to take is the warmth from his word of God shining on that seed. And before you know it, it's going to spring forth back to life. Just like Job 14 says, you know, that even if the tree has been cut down, even if the roots have grown old into the ground, even if the stub of the tree has decayed, at the very scent of water, it will spring back to life. Because regardless of what has happened to it, what God intended to be a tree will be a tree. Amen? You know, I just encourage you, over the next few weeks, take time to read Matthew 13 to yourself. Figure out where you are in this process as we get started. See if you fall into one of those categories, or where are you when it comes to the relationship with the dream that God has placed on the inside of you? And, you know, today, kind of what I want to wrap up with is I just want to focus a little bit more on the makeup of the seed itself. And again, we can learn a lot from natural seeds, right? You know, the parable started out by saying that a farmer went into his field and scattered his seed in his field. Point number one, your seed belongs to God. We are created to glorify him. Romans 11.36 says that all things were created from him, through him, and to him. 
We are created not to bring glory to ourselves. We're created not to satisfy our own desires. We're created to find out what it is that he wired us for. And you know what? It's in that process that we will actually be the most fulfilled. Quite simply, if our dreams don't line up with the dreams that God had for us, then we're chasing the wrong things. And no matter how hard we try, no matter how badly we think we want it, eventually our plans will just become frustrated and we won't find the fulfillment in those things that we thought we would find. God created us with eternity in our hearts so that we respond to the calling and we respond to what he has created us to respond to. And it is in that that we will be the most satisfied, the most joyful, the happiest. And you know what I've learned? That a lot of times our appetites get a little bit poisoned. We get a taste of something. We get a a whiff of something. And before you know it, we're off chasing those things that were never intended for us to have. You know, I think about my son. He is, there. in, the kids are in, going through this thing right now at school. It's called Boosterthon. It's like, you know, a, a fundraiser where they have to like run laps and raise money and, you know, get all of these kind of pledges and stuff. And I'm all for that, okay? I'm for supporting the school. I want Luke to always hit his goals. I understand, I understand okay? But let me tell you, this year, the marketing on this thing has gone like to 10 levels higher. He comes home sometimes, and I'm like, good God, like, what are they telling these kids? And, you know, one night in particular last week, he came home, and he was just like, Mom, I've got to get more pledges. I'm like, okay, baby, sure, you know, like, we can work on this. He goes, no, you don't understand. There's this pen. I've got to have the pen. And, and I was just like, wow, okay, like, you, you're pretty, like, gung-ho about this. And, you know, he just kept on and on, and I finally was like, honey, hold on, stop for a second. Let's just bring you back into the right perspective, okay? Remember, mommy and daddy can bless you a whole lot better than Boosterthon can, okay? I can take you to Target. I can take you to Toys R Us this weekend, And I can buy you pretty much everything on that sheet that they make the nice pretty pictures of. Even the plastic thing with the spikes sticking out of the head. I can buy you all of that for probably a fraction of what you would have to, you know, like let's keep this back in perspective. Remember that your mommy and daddy can hook you up. And he was like, I know, mom. Okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. Can we go this weekend? I'm like, sure, babe, sure. You know, and it was hilarious to me, but as I was thinking about that, I was like, you know what? I wonder how many times we were like that with God. We get a taste for something that somebody else has sold us. We start chasing it, and we start wanting it so bad, and the whole time God is looking at us, and he's saying, really? Do you not remember who I am? Do you not remember that I can bless you so much more? This is far below par than what I had for you. If our, if our taste has been poisoned, we have to get that back. We have to cleanse that out. And by God, he can. And he can bring us back into alignment with what he had for us. And trust me, it's going to be so much better than anything we have, could ever try to accomplish in our flesh. Amen? Amen. Number two, your seed is not solitary. Oops, sorry. It is part of God's field of dreams. You know, whenever God gives us a dream, it's not just for us. And I love especially how Pastor Carrie always says this. She says, you know, the dreams that God gives us, yes, they're big. 
But they're not just big for us. They're big enough to hold and support and even launch the dreams of other people. I love that. You know, I mentioned Walt Disney to you earlier, and we all know, of course, Walt saw his dream come true. But can you just imagine with me for a second all of the other creatives, all of the other artists, all of the other film directors, all of the other builders and designers, pyrotechnicians that saw their dream come true because Walt Disney saw his dream come true? It's so much bigger than just us. Think about the place that you work. You are most likely there because somebody else had a dream, and now you have the opportunity to see your dream fulfilled through that. I think about church. You know how Pastor Stovall often says, you know, the very fact that we have this location and our arena and OP and St. John's and all of the things that we get to do around the world, it's because someone somewhere believed God that he could make this dream happen. And as people who have gone before have continued to sow into the dream and build, and now people are able to come in and discover who God created them to be and chase after the dream that God has for their lives. I mean, I think about myself. This is a dream. I'll tell you right now, I was in corporate America chasing that dream for 14 years before God called me into ministry. I would have never discovered it had I not come here. But you know what? I would have never discovered it if Pastor Carrie would have never said yes to her dream first. Would God have still called me into the ministry? Yeah, I believe so. But you know what? How awesome is it that I now get to bring my dream and the strengths that God has placed in me and join them together with what we're doing as a church into a dream that is even so much bigger than mine? How awesome is that? Could other film directors that work now at Disney, could other creatives have gone and done other stuff? Absolutely. But how cool to be part of something even bigger than yourself. That's what this is about. The dream is not just about us. It's about other people. You discovering your dream could mean the opportunity for someone else to discover their dream. It could mean the difference between your dream becoming a tree or multiplying and becoming an orchard. God didn't give us our dreams just for us. He gave them so that they could hold, support, and launch the dreams of other people. You know, in sisterhood, we always talk about reaching up, reaching out, and reaching back. And this is probably one of the best ways that you can see that done. If God has shown you how to do something and you find somebody else who's maybe coming up behind you, kind of has the same dream, deposit in them. Invest in them. Take the seeds that God has placed in you and say, you know what, this really helped me. That's what it means to be in each other's corner. Amen? Number three, on the outside, your seed looks nothing like the tree that it will become. This is an orange seed. It looks nothing like an orange tree, nor does it look anything like the fruit that it came from. But does that change the fact that this has within it the DNA to create oranges? No. In the same way, what God has called us to do will sometimes not look like what it's going to end up looking like. And if I said, if this was a seed that God gave me here to make oranges, and if I said, based on what I saw, I doubted for a moment, or if I started letting other people say, you're going to make that out of this? I don't think that's going to work. If I listened to that long enough, what would happen? I would forfeit the dream, never see its potential come to pass. In the same way, be careful that you don't pull the level of your faith down to what you can see. 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of that which we have not seen yet. You know, so many times I hear women who discover their dream and they've lost all zeal for it. They've lost all passion for it. It's sitting back somewhere collecting dust. And you know what I find most of the time? We lose our zeal and our passion when we lose our faith. There has been something that happened or something that they believed or something that they said to themselves or about their dream that diminished the faith of seeing God bring it come to pass. Faith gives us energy because it awakens hope on the inside of us. And if you want your dream to last, if you want to always feel the energy of it, it's the constant hope. It's the constant, I can't wait till God does this. I'm going to see it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. And we stir up our faith to keep it going. Don't yank it down to the level based on what you can see. And certainly don't wait on other people to validate the seed that God has placed on the inside of you because they're not going to be able to see it. Yes, lean on one another for support. We talk about that here at Sisterhood, but there's a very big difference between needing validation from somebody and leaning on each other for support. Validation is rooted in fear, and it produces codependency instead of God-dependency. Support is rooted in faith and love, and it produces co-laborers in God's field. That is what we want. Out of life, And while we definitely want to spur one another to good works, it's going to get to the point, it will take a measure of faith and courage from you to believe that God can turn this into that. You know, I think about David. He was called to be a king. But no one in his family, not even his own father, I mean, just think about that for a second, how painful that must have been. Not even his own father believed that he had what it took. And that was because on the outside, David didn't look like king material. On the outside, he didn't look like the tree that God had ordained him to become. But you know, on the inside, and this leads me to your last point, on the inside, his seed contained the complete blueprint of a fully grown, flourishing tree. Regardless of not whether his family saw it, that didn't change the potential of the seed that God had placed on the inside of him. Because God had concealed within David his glory. And he had given him everything, the DNA, the blueprint, the timing, the rhythm, the seed time and harvest that would make him a king. And you know what I love about David? He didn't get mad at his family for not seeing it. He didn't get bitter. He didn't throw a tantrum and stop mouthing off at them or commit himself to counseling for the rest of his life because he couldn't get past that. No, instead, you know what he did? He just followed the process that God had for him. He made God his counselor and his guide. And if God said, go this way, David went this way. And if God said, okay, now, okay, yes, God, I'll go back over here. And you know what? He worshiped his way all the way through till the seed became what God had intended it to become. In the same way, don't get disappointed if other people don't see what God has placed in you at first. Eventually they will. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and in due time, he will lift you up. He will cause your seed to start sprouting. He will cause your seed to turn into the tree that it's intended to become. And before you know it, your dreams are going to be big enough to hold, support, and launch the dreams of other people. Amen? I close with this. God's dream for your life is not limited by how you started, what environment you were born into, or the conditions of your upbringing. His dream for your life is not limited by what kind of mistakes you made or what you have done or haven't done. 
Because his dream is not based on what you've been through, it's on who you have the potential to become. And just like Philippians 1, 6 says, be confident in this, that Jesus, the one who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion. Amen? Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you have created us with purpose. God, I pray right now, Lord God, that we just reject any lies, Lord, that have been spoken over us to try to cut that tree down, God. Any assaults that have been made, Lord, to try to steal that seed that you have placed on the inside of us, God, we instead claim right now, God, that no weapon formed against that will prosper, and instead we will accomplish that which you have sent us out to accomplish. God, I pray that today, Lord, that you would start to quicken, that you would start to awaken the seeds of dreams on the inside of us, Lord. Help us to remember what those are. Bring back the memories, Lord God, where you have showed us those things along the way. Water them with your presence. Warm them with the light of your word. Fill us with supernatural oxygen, Lord, by the presence of your Holy Spirit. And God, help us to commit to this process. Reveal to each and every one of us what your process is for us, as only you can. Lord, we believe you, we trust you, and I pray right now, Father God, that faith would arise and that hope would stir up and start to explode in each and every one of our hearts, that we may be everything that you called us to be and that you may be glorified through it. Jesus, we love you, we honor you, and it is to your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. For those of you watching by video, thanks so much for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to Celebration Sisterhood. We hope this message has been an inspiration and opened your heart to embracing all that God has for you.